So there have been many casualties of the coronavirus pandemic, and certainly sports has been under the disappointment microscope, if you will. One thing that was going to come to Chicago this summer, Jordan Burnfield, which I was super excited about, was World Team Tennis. We were getting an expansion franchise, the Chicago Smash. Sloan Stevens was going to be a, is is a part of the team. They're going to play here. I lived in Kansas City doing radio. They had a WTT team. I loved it. I was going to miss that, Jordan. Or I was excited about it. And uh, so now they're playing at the at the uh, Greenbrier Resort, and, and, and we're not going to get to see them this summer. But Kamau Murray uh, is a benefit to WGN right now because he, uh, if you don't know his story, this is a, a, a young gentleman who's, I guess, not super young anymore, but uh, on, on the very on the young side, he is the president of XS Tennis and the and their Education Foundation, and he's also involved. He's the coach of Sloan Stevens, and he joins us now on 720 WGN. And he's a born and bred Chicago, and it was a great story. Come out, thank you for taking time tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. How did Sloan do tonight? Uh, she just lost in the second set tie but it was a good match. It was good to knock the rust off, you know, after quarantine, sitting on your butt for three months. You know, it's always good to get back out there and just start getting your, your mind mentally engaged again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, better, better, yeah. better days ahead. So you started XS Tennis come out in, what is it, 2017? So almost four years now? No, I started actually in 2005. So we... You know, we were oh, facility. Uh, okay. Yeah, we started. We opened the facility October fourth of two thousand eight. Uh, we were doing programs in the city parks prior to that, and then uh, after you know growing and growing the game on the south side and having kids come from all over the city, we had the need for a larger facility. So we just moved into our new facility uh, in December of twenty seventeen. Okay. Okay. That that I I'm I didn't realize that you had got were doing it for so long and that you were so successful that you ended up, you know, needing a bigger facility. And one of the things you're you're doing is giving kids who wouldn't get an opportunity to play tennis, uh, a the opportunity to have that structure and get to play and learn the game, but also to hopefully get to a college and, and, and get a scholarship, correct? Absolutely. I think uh, there's so many opportunities uh, within tennis because uh, it's, an, it's an underplayed sport in, in cities, um, and a lot of foreigners come to America and take the scholarships. Uh, and so there's a big opportunity for American kids, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, if they play tennis, they can sort of absorb some of those state-funded scholarships and, and get a free education. And so that's what we're promoting uh, it's a real opportunity for them. It's not, you know, a promise that'll be, you know, won't be fulfilled at the end of high school. So, uh, so far we've sent 50 kids to college with a full scholarship, and we're trying to send more. So we're trying to encourage kids to play basketball, play baseball, and also play tennis. And when you're a high school senior, you know, the scholarship will come uh, in either of those two sports. That's great. And uh, Kamala, you know, just reading your story, you know, your brother played basketball a little bit taller than you were. I know you were a basketball player, too, in in high school. But, you know, for you to have chosen tennis, you know, is is definitely taking a little bit of a divergent path. So I would imagine for you, with working with a lot of these kids to try to get them a scholarship, you're seeing a lot of yourself in the students that you're teaching, right? Absolutely. I was, I was a kid who grew up in the 90s when Michael Jordan uh, was having his run. 
and tennis was like a fallback for me. So um, they are exactly, you know, sort of playing that tug of war with wanting to play the sport that's on TV more often, wanting to play the sport with the big, big guaranteed contracts and the cheerleaders. Uh, so that's what we're up against. But there's definitely similar stories. So what made you interested in the game? Um, so I went to I went to Africa for uh, my dad took my brother's basketball team to Africa, and we came back at the end of the summer, and then all the summer camps were full. So I went to uh, the only summer camp that was not full in my neighborhood, and ironically it was tennis. So nobody in my neighborhood wanted to play tennis, so they were still accepting people the last week in July. And you were how old at this point? Seven. So you're seven years old. And you start playing tennis because that's interesting. There was no other camps available. Did you instantly like the game? Oh, I hated it. Hated it all the way up to the age of twelve. <laughs> but so what changed it. for you? So when when did you decide? Like, Wait, I, I like this game, and I'm I'm going to pursue it. Um, I think that you know I, I would say learning to play tennis is not fun, especially early on. You just aren't very good. And I think that once you start competing, you start having some success. That's you know, of an individual nature versus, you know, sharing it with a team. I think that becomes enjoyable. Uh, it helps you develop self-confidence and, and an identity for yourself. And so I think that's what I uh, enjoy about it. Well, hold on a second here. I want to rewind back. You're seven. You go to this camp. There's no other camps. You're pissed at your parents. Why, <laughs> why didn't you think ahead? Hiding your, ten- your tennis racket in your backpack so the guys in the neighborhood don't see it. Yeah, right. I, I, I saw one of the videos I was watching on you. You didn't want to show your tennis racket because you were afraid that kids were going to make fun of you? Uh, I had about 10. I would leave them at the park on purpose. So I would have to take it on the CTA bus. <laughs> you would think that other kids would be jealous that you got a tennis racket, right? Isn't that a cool? Oh, oh no chance. I mean, tennis isn't really popular now. It's even less popular back in the day. So... Th- would 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 you hear something like why are you playing that sport like that's that's not for people like us would that would you ever hear any of those type of comments? Yeah, I mean it was it was a sport for the size of the country club sports. So it was a sport for the softies and you know the wimps and all the kids that didn't make the the basketball team, football team, and the baseball team. But then they just you know sort of resigned themselves to play tennis. That's that's the view on it. Is that something that you're trying to change in terms of the? Kind of this that that sort of stigma that's been in around the game because I I really enjoy watching the game but I definitely get how you know people can think of it as a as a country club sport. Yeah, I think that um, the truth of the matter is you know everybody's not going to be LeBron James or Michael Jordan or any of those players. And so I think that for those kids who may not be as physically gifted, uh, it's an opportunity and, and, and really an opportunity to, to develop a new sport and sort of control their own destiny. They don't have to worry about the coach benching them, right, or the coach deciding how many minutes they get per game. Um, and so, you know, it's really a, a good opportunity for a kid to, you know, form their, their own identity and control their own destiny with a little bit of hard work. I mean, tennis is just a skilled sport. It's not, it's not a sport that requires a lot of natural gifts. And so if you commit yourself to acquiring a skill, right, and perfecting a technique, through just hard work and hours of practice, then, you know, the opportunities are out there. Okay, hold on. Now, see, come on, I love the game. I've played, like, you know, 20 days in a row here in the in the middle of the pandemic or to keep myself sane. So, I, but it's, <laughs> so, I, I, and people who think, like, look, 
Rafa Nadal or Sloan Stevens or whoever, uh, n- n- the fact that they can play five hours and it, and you've got to hit 25 balls in one point, great balls, to win one point at the top level. I mean, these guys are ridiculous athletes. They're incredibly well-conditioned in all this. I know you agree with this. So I don't want to I don't want to make it out there like tennis is this thing that like anybody could just in seemingly no, pick it's up. No, incredibly hard. It, yeah. I mean, and yeah. the, and, but go ahead. Go ahead. And it's incredibly different. At, at that level, I mean, those are the best tennis players in the world. They have, you know, freakish ability at that level, you know, in terms of tracking the ball, seeing the ball, stamina. But they also got there just by simply committing, right, and perfecting the technique. Um, but, you know, at, at the at the level where we're trying to impact people at the high school level, the collegiate level, you know, that, that can be attained by hard work. Now, to get to the pros, uh, and if we have a successful professional career, that definitely takes some gifts. I mean, you know, there's, you know, Sloan, is, her dad was a football player and her mother was an Olympic swimmer. You know, so there's definitely a lot of gifts that she possessed in addition to the technical ability she acquired. And one thing I do love about it is for anyone, but, you know, for, for a kid who, who, who might be coming from a little bit behind and is trying to build some confidence, you're out there by yourself. There, you, you, there's no teammate that's going to come and help you. You're going to win and or lose based on however much you put into it and how you played that day. And either way, it's a great teaching moment, right? You either you either get to celebrate the fact that you did it, or you got to look at how you you know need to get better. But it, but you're you're only looking in the mirror, which is a, a a tremendous you know opportunity for someone to grow and gain some confidence at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, this is not a sport where you have the luxury of saying, I passed the ball to him and he missed it, right? Or this guy missed the free throws with two seconds left on the clock. That You do not have that. You know, what this tennis court, it is all you, right? It's all you and your coach and your team. There's no place to hide. I always say the tennis, the tennis court, you know, on the Grand Slam stage, there is literally no place to hide. No shade, no umbrellas, <laughs> right? There's just a bench out there. You try to crawl under the bench if you want to. But there is no place to hide, and so I do think it's a it's a sport that does require a lot of accountability and responsibility, and it definitely, as you said, forces you to look yourself in the mirror. But it also gives you the opportunity to like develop a lot of self confidence because you are accomplishing most of these things primarily on your own, obviously with the help of your support team. But it is all you, and I think there there can be a lot of confidence and self esteem built. Uh, in that process you know and what i think uh, to your point you're right obviously that, that it is on you but what i found that's interesting is when the players play in college you know I, I i cannot say i'm a tennis expert mark knows a lot more about tennis than me but i broadcasted a tennis tournament a couple of years ago and watching collegiate tennis in the way that it's set up where they make it more of a team kind of atmosphere where even though obviously people are playing one against one you know if you win your match you know it's it's kind of accountability for the entire team right because there's seven matches going on which constitutes one you know opportunity for your team to win there is the opportunity for these kids to have some kind of team camaraderie even though it's so individual so i'm curious what uh you know what what from your experience and from those that you coach, kind of how those dynamics are different when they play in that setting? So I think that, you know, one of the things that tennis needs to do to grow is to have more team events because 
know that kids want to be with their friends, right? And they enjoy the camaraderie, and they may not really enjoy the the, the single nature of the sport and the accountability fact. And so, you know, it, it is just more fun sometimes to watch people cheering each other on, chest bumping, fist bumping, and all of that. <laughs> so, you know, I think as a, in a team format, you know, you get you get to take a little bit of pressure off. You know, one of the things is just is that it's sort of a good opportunity to to share and sort of perform for somebody else. You know, tennis players sometimes are doing a lot of things for themselves. And for, like, something like World Team Tennis, you know, this is an opportunity to not only play for yourself, but to be a little bit selfless, right, and play for the team. You know, and there are tournaments where if you don't feel like it and you're ready to go home, you can just take the match. Right? But you know, a lot of people don't want to let their team down. And so, you know, I really encourage people in this World Team Tennis format and even in college tennis to, to really, you know, enjoy those moments, right, of being able to share and accomplish something. Um, because those are what I think will make the sport more popular and make it grow and make it a little bit more exciting to watch. Kamal, before you get on out of here, and if you're just joining us, Kamal Murray is the president of Excess Tennis uh, and, and the Education Foundation on the south side of Chicago. Um, I, I'm curious, and you've, you said you sent 60 kids to, to college to the program. Is there any uh, story that you'd want to underline of, of somebody who wasn't coming from a whole lot that was that benefited by being in the program that, that makes you smile right now? Yeah, so I would say... Um, you know, just last week, there was a kid in the program, and, and, you know, we promote equality, we promote integration, like, we don't have programs for, here's our scholarship program, and here's our paid program, like, we sort of, the total meritocracy, so we group kids on ability, and last week, uh, I got an, an email from a kid who was sort of new to the program, but from the suburbs, who had been our day camp. Um, with another young guy who's from the neighborhood where Excess is, and he, he she noticed that his the spring on his backpack had broken, and he was commenting on how all of his things that he possessed were hand-me-downs or gifts from someone else or cheap. And so she sent me an email. This is a 12-year-old girl. She sent me an email and said, I don't want to be nosy, but, you know, tell me about, you know, such and such a situation, his backpack broke, uh, and he, you know, I have several backpacks, and I love to donate it to him, but I don't want to be insulting, and I don't want it to treat like a charity case. And the fact that a kid from the suburbs and a kid from Washington Park at 12 years old, in addition to playing against each other, had a substantive conversation about where each other came from, and they come from very different places. And she felt the need to give back to this person like that's what we're, that's a real success story that's a week old. And I think what we're trying to do, especially in this day and time, is tennis is the ultimate equalizer. And it, it, it exposes people, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, to each other very early and, you know, really levels the playing field. And so uh, that is sort of a very recent success story um, that I'm taking a lot of pride in now, given the current climate. It's awesome. I appreciate you sharing, and I, I didn't realize this. So you you got kids coming from the south side. You got kids coming from the suburbs, all playing in the same facility. Oh yeah, this particular kid I'm talking about uh, is an Asian kid from Deerfield, um, and we got kids from Burridge, from Highland Park, Deerfield, from Wisconsin, Milwaukee that comes three days a week. Uh, in addition to the kids from Woodlawn, 
you know, our, our what started as a really very local community program uh, has now sort of grown into a regional attraction and really afforded a lot of these kids to have a really great peer-to-peer experience, right, getting some early exposure, developing some friends. Uh, and I will say, you know, it's, you know, the kids from the city bring a level of grit, right, and the kids from the suburbs, you know, may bring a little bit of etiquette, you know what I mean? So I think that creates a really nice mix of camp. And as I walk through, like, our 13-acre campus, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is that you can't tell who's from where, Right, they're all competing, fighting each other, treating each other as equals, and working towards a common goal. Because even the kid who doesn't need the tennis scholarship wants to play college tennis and is in pursuit of that. And so we provide a platform for kids from all over the city and the country to come get that at that. We're up against the clock here, but just so just so I understand, the, the kids who are you know raising the burbs and have a couple extra dollars in their pocket than some don't their incentive to come down is, is are they going for the same thing is uh or is it the instructions that's so good like how how are you getting them to do that come out what, what what's their motivation i think it's the instruction i think you know as you know as any sports whether it's AAU basketball volleyball you're going to drive to where you feel you can get the, the best opportunity and the best development and so um you know we have grown from just something that was conveniently located in the neighborhood and only serving kids in the neighborhood to a place where people say, I'm going to go there because they produce great players and they can give me that edge I'm looking for. It's awesome. That's Ex- great stuff. Excess yeah. Tennis and Education Foundation, 5336 South State Street. Check it out. Uh, website for you. I, I'm clicking on it right now. ExcessTennis.org. Come out. You're awesome. Congrats on all your success. And good luck on getting back to a U.S. Open again with uh, either Sloan or you're, you're coaching Monica Puig too, right? No, that was last year. Back with Sloan, one at a time. Oh, okay, okay. Handle. I can only handle one at a time. <laughs> my bad, my bad. All right, back with Sloan it is. Uh, thanks, Kamal. Thanks so much, Kamal. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Kamal Murray with right. us on 720 WGN. Quick timeout. We'll come back on and wrap up the show. Jordan's going to give some predictions. Uh, so will I. Over unders baseball. I am okay. Yeah, you are. You this. You wanted to do this. I. I I've created no, yes, a special yes. segment for you to prove that you're going to be right. We'll replay <laughs> this come September 27th when the baseball season is over. Prediction sure to go wrong. Prediction <laughs> sure to go wrong. 720 WGN.